This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, everybody. Good morning or good afternoon, wherever the case may be. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. So happy to be here. I had a, well, we had a, 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 a forced, an unforced case a week off. It wasn't our fault, but Hurricane Irma took out the studio last week, so we couldn't join you live. And uh, just basically curious to know what everybody thought and, and who may have been hit by the hurricane and any uh, stories they want to share with us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So you can reach us live here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets, 877-385-8882. Once again, toll free, 877-385-8882. You can also, even more fun, join us live on Google Hangouts. So we get to see you. We get to see your pet. Very easy. Just log on to the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab on PetLifeRadio.com and follow the instructions. The link is left for you. All you got to do is click on it. And uh, very easy to join us here live on Google Hangouts. And um, first of all, I'm very curious to know, you know, who I'm sure we have a lot of listeners that were hit. I mean, obviously, between the states that were hit, I personally know a few, including our wonderful producer, Mark Winter who was um, hit uh, living in Fort Lauderdale. And I have friends that I was with, actually. That lucky, we were, and I was, yeah, very lucky for me, I was in Aspen, Colorado, last week. And the friends that we were staying with actually live full-time, well, eight months out of the year, in West Palm Beach. And it just so happens that when they live in their apartment in Aspen, Colorado, it's during this time of year. They're going to be heading back in, in another couple of weeks and um, spend, obviously, the entire winter in, in the back in West Palm. But during the summers, which I guess can be somewhat unbearable in some of those climates, where it's not only 80 degrees, 90 degrees, but it's also 80, 90% humidity. And uh, so it's a great place to get away. And I got to tell you, so I've never been to Aspen. I'm a big snowboarder, so I'm going to be heading out. I have already my trips planned. I'll be in Park City. I'm going to be in Vail. I'm going to be in Mammoth. Never been to Aspen. And not only that, even though so many people have told me, and I'm sure you may have heard this as well if you have been have had the good fortune to do it yourselves, that as great as these resorts are during the winter, especially if you're a ski or a snowboarding idiot like I am, but they all say it's even better during the summer. I'm thinking to myself, come on, how much, you can't ski or you can't snowboard. What's the point? And um, well, I have to tell you, they were right. In fact, you see bumper stickers that might say something like visit for the winter, but stay for the summer. It is unbelievable. So uh, these places are great. We hiked, we biked. And for a dog lover, oh my God, it is a dog lover's haven. So almost every business has a big water bowl outside the business. My friends who we are with actually have two magnificent, I mean, gorgeous golden retrievers. And um, Rocky and Cooper, and they know it's like so many businesses will give out treats to dogs and the dogs learn where and which doors to stop on. All of a sudden you're walking with them and they will charge to a store, a business of some sort, because they know that that owner is going to give them treats. It's amazing. Restaurants. I mean, you can, there were so many just dogs walking around. It was great. I took a bunch of pictures from my Instagram. I met a puppy golden who was absolutely adorable whose um, parents, he was the guy, is the mayor of a small little town. It's more of a, of a township just in the north North Miami Beach area. 
So it's a good thing he was also vacationing at the time in uh, Aspen because they too had their fair share of damage in Miami Beach. So from Irma. So, uh, but his dog is absolutely adorable. So uh, the it's called Golden Beach, and the dog's name is GB, which is really cute. Anyway, uh, I want to thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here. Save This Life Microchip, Brevecto, and More Than a Cone. More Than a Cone, raising awareness of animal welfare through the arts. So give us a call, uh, 877-385-8882. Join us on Google Hangouts. want to know how your pets fared during the hurricane. Now, speaking of one of the problems that we have when it comes to these disasters, whether it's the hurricanes in the southeast whether or in the Gulf Coast, whether it's the earthquakes here in California, whether it's the tornadoes in the Midwest, we have to prepare our pets because, as we know, most of the shelters that are taking in people will not allow pets. What do you do? And that's why so many people stay behind. But with the destruction, the broken windows, the broken doors, the panic, many dogs escape. And I was actually doing a segment this morning on CBS KCAL. That's the uh, the local CBS and KCAL affiliates here in LA on more, I mean, how appropriate lost pets, what to do, how to prevent it. And um, as I'm talking about this, even though we're sitting here in the comfort of a studio in the studio city, California, I'm realizing that, you know, for many, especially many in the Southeast and the Gulf Coast, uh, between, you know, Houston and the back-to-back hurricanes. And it's a big problem. And it's one of those things, like, especially with an earthquake, you have no time for, to prepare. At least with a tornado, you hear it's coming. A hurricane, you know it's coming. Well, earthquakes, you, you have no idea. They just hit. So we need to be better prepared for our pets. Now, a number of years ago, when my, my beautiful, it's a Bengal cat, a snowshoe marble Bengal cat, we called him Zooey short for Zoolander male model, because he was absolutely stunning. He got out. How did he got out? I have no idea. Six cats I have, now I have four, but they're all indoors. So I never had ID tags on them. I never had a microchip because they're indoor cats. Where are they going to go? Well, I learned that they can go. And he was out for five days, five miserable days for us. And I thought for sure, I mean, he was such a sweet cat and so magnificent. I thought he was definitely going to be taken by somebody or heaven forbid a coyote. Anyway, sure enough, shows up five days later unscathed, ah, like nothing ever happened. He was having fun out in the town. But I realized then that, oh my God, this can't happen. So of course, all my cats now have ID tags and wear collars. All my cats are microchipped because you just never know. So that brings me to the first line of defense that people should just be aware of and make sure to take care of is for all dogs, cats, ID tags, a collar, uh, for cats, you want to get breakaway collars, you know, especially if they're indoor, outdoor. If they're just indoor, it's pretty hard to hang themselves on a, on a branch of a tree unless you have a tree growing in your middle of your living room. But chances are, but some sort of collar, if you want to know where they are at night and you don't want to step on them, you know, as you're walking around or they're walking around, you might want to put a little bell on it. That drives some people nuts. But ID tag and a collar and a microchip. Dogs, the same thing. But, but beyond the collar and the microchip, you need to start maybe thinking about other ways to pay, make sure your pet is protected. I'm sure many of you heard of the Whistle product. Whistle now, they're on the third edition, Whistle 3. And Whistle 3, first of all, it's very lightweight, so it's really cool. Less than an ounce. It's so cool. And um, you don't even feel it in your hand. And um, it is a GPS. It's an activity monitor and a location monitor. Actually, you can set a perimeter. So if your pet leaves that preset perimeter, you're going to get an alert on your phone. And, of course, it's regular GPS. And it's a good thing, you know, as, as an activity monitor, it kind of tells you what they're doing. You can trace their activity during the day. Are they exercising enough? If you have an overweight dog, they're sitting around all day, you'll be able to see. And what's really cool about it too, how many of you out there 
actually hire dog walkers. You ever wonder exactly like what, what are they doing? Are they really walking the dogs? Are they going on those five mile hikes like they say they are that you're paying for? So with this, with the whistle, you can actually just log on. If they're supposed to be, you know, hiking from say one to three in the afternoon, guess what? You can just log on to the site, see what their activity is doing. And if they're just in one spot, just sitting there, you know, you're paying your dog walker to uh, be a dog sitter, but not a dog walker. So uh, it's a good thing to have. Also, when you're walking your dogs, I was, I was talking about this on the show this morning. Many of us as veterinarians are not really big fans of retractable leashes because you're walking along and all of a sudden the dog sees something. You're engaged in a conversation with somebody else next to you or walking along with you. And all of a sudden your dog just bow, takes off. And um, it's a problem. And they often tangle and they get caught up on things. It's called the canine control leash. It's made by PetMate. And um, I really like it because what it does, it is a leash that it can shorten and yet it can't lengthen unless you want it to. So you can have it in regular neutral mode, which is like a regular standard. But all of a sudden you can either flick the little switch on the handle or just push a button on the handle and it can shorten. So as you're catching up to your dog, but if they bolt, it won't lengthen. It's almost like those, those seat belts. Like if you do it really kind of slowly, but if they try to bolt, it automatically shuts off. And um, those are really cool. So it's a, it's a great safety device for your pets while you're walking. Anyway, I want to uh, talk about a few more things that were starting to get cold. That's one thing, even in Aspen, the days were gorgeous. It was like 75 80, you know, degrees during the day, but at night it's starting to get down into the 40s. And I know for some of you, it's 40s, that's summertime. No, but we're hoping to get some of the cold weather coming in. We want to talk about cold weather tips. Also want to talk about something that was really, really, really cool that they were doing in Aspen. And I would love to see this in other municipalities, other towns, other cities. It is so great. And I'm telling you, the dogs had a blast. So don't go away. We'll be right back here with uh, live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. And we'll be back after these short messages. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks, so trust me when I say no other tasty chew protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto chew keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> And 
Welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. So just before the break, I was talking about something that, that I was go, goes on in um, Aspen, Colorado. It is so cool. So first off, if any of you have been there, it's, you, you know it's a quaint town. It's extremely, extremely expensive to live. I mean, we saw homes that were, you know, be, I mean, beautiful, beautiful homes, but 20 million 15 million, 18 million, just leaving the airport. And this is kind of off season because the summer season is pretty much over and the, the winter season doesn't really start to like mid November. So a lot of the restaurants and shops are closing. A lot of the homes are empty now. And yeah, even with that, when we were leaving the airport, when we were taking off, I counted 19 private jets at the Aspen airport. And I mean, it's sick money. Anyway, they are very much into their dogs. So one of the things we did, they have a local rec center, which is beautiful, by the way. And uh, they have something they host every year called Doggy Splash Day. And as I said, our friends have two beautiful goldens. So what, what is Doggy Splash Day? So every year, they, the main, they have to do maintenance on the rec center pool. So they drain it. They clean everything. They fix any, any tiles that are chipped, whatever they have to do. And they take it back two, three weeks to do it and to get prepare the pool, the rec center, which is indoor pool, for the, the winter season when people are moving back up again. So anyway, so what they do, the day before they close the pool for the start of a few months, whatever it is, they open the pool for the dogs and people from everywhere bringing their dogs. There must have been, oh, a couple hundred dogs in and out from nine to one. And I mean, there's a table, ask the vet, there's a table, ask the trainer, there's a, a lot of the purveyors of doggy treats and doggy clothing are have tables out there. It's like a dog fair that's going on outside and inside it is insanity with all these dogs and a lot of their owners waiting in the pool, you know, up to their ankles or, or knees even just trying to get the dogs to, to come in. They're throwing balls. We saw dogs with the cutest like lifesavers on. So cute that we're getting two for our Frenchies because Frenchies, as you may know, are not great swimmers. And uh, yet my, my Frenchies do jump in the pool. Usually it's because they're running around the pool chasing after my Labrador and Labradoodle and they often fall in. So the whole event was great. I actually posted it on my Instagram. If you want to see some still pictures and some video, you can just go on to Dr. Jeff Werber on Instagram and you will see this is great and uh by the way if you guys would uh, love to go on my instagram site we'd love to uh see you and get us some of those likes and you know that's right just follow me on instagram that's d-r-j-e-f-f-w-e-r-b-e-r so um anyway it's a great time i would like to see this the idea is such a great idea and people so look forward to it i think anybody should talk to their local municipality every municipality has a rec center that the pool's got to be drained and cleaned once a year so why not do this? It doesn't affect anything other than give all these dogs the most fun. And uh, it was really great. It's like, look, basically, it's like taking your dog to the dog park. And what do you do with the dog park? They won. They hike. They, they right. Or we have something called Runyon Canyon here where it's off leash. And dogs have a great time. They're dog beaches. It's the same kind of thing, but it's in a more controlled environment. And you kind of get to be in the pool with them if you want. So it's really fun. So approaching winter season, don't let up on, you know, depending on where you live, you can start maybe letting up on some flea issues, but I wouldn't. Ticks, by the way, like winter. So since most of the flea and tick products are flea and tick, I'd recommend that you keep your pets. In fact, there's stories and stories. Even there in Aspen, there's signs that say, you know, when you're hiking with your dogs to make sure to check your dogs at the end of all the hikes because of ticks. And well, if your dogs are hiking, chances are you're hiking along with them. If they can get ticks, chances are you can get ticks. 
So very important to keep that in mind as you're playing with your dogs. So just a couple of notes from the American Veterinary Medical Association Smart Brief. Number one, in Kansas, raccoons have been found to harbor distemper and dogs are getting it from raccoons. It's not only, I mean, of course, dogs can get it from dogs, but dogs can get it from raccoons as well. And they've had a number of cases, therefore, very important to either keep your pet's vaccinations up to date, which you should be doing anyway. And as many of you know, and listening to our show, I prefer, especially with adult dogs, doing vaccine titers. And when the titer is indicating adequate protection, you don't need to vaccinate, but at least you want to make sure that the dogs are protected. So get the titers, get the vaccine, whatever suits you, but make sure you do it. This is a really cute story. So there's the National Zoo in Washington, D.C., and they had a really cute new Sumatran tiger cub, okay? But mom was getting pretty aggressive. So they thought they were worried about the cub, and it was very, very difficult for the handlers to go in and take care of the cub with mom around. So the cub was old enough to be separated. So they separate the cub from mom, and they send it to San Diego, to the San Diego Zoo and Wildlife Park. And the San Diego Zoo had recently confiscated a tiger cub from someone trying to sneak it across the border into Mexico. So, P.S., they figured, you know, why not? We have these two young cubs. Let's see if we can get them to bond. Well, it turns out they are best buds. And it is when you hear stories like that, it is so adorable. And so now the tiger cub, uh, both tiger cubs have a playmate, and they are just uh, loving life. It's, it's really cool. Speaking of institutions and parks like this, SeaWorld, and I, yeah, I know SeaWorld, you know, got a bad rap with the whales and deservedly so. However, you can't forget about the fact that they do really, really good things. They have a lot of science. They have a full staff of people that really love and care for animals, and they do a lot of rehab. And they do a lot of rehab and breeding programs for animals that are on the verge of extinction. And I, I reported this. I wrote an article about something like this. About four years ago, I was in a, a wild animal park in Arizona and right outside of Phoenix. And I got to tell you, you know, again, these, some of these places get are under fire a lot. I was so impressed. And they have saved at least 10 species of birds from becoming extinct because of their breeding and rearing programs. And they do the best they can to create a, an environment for these animals that is most similar to their own environments. It looks like you're in all parts of Africa or Asia, wherever it is. It is amazing. And they have fantastic programs. And in talking and interviewing, as I did, some of the handlers and the keepers, I was so impressed. To them, it's not just a job. It really isn't. It's a passion. It's an act of love. They really do work hard to help these animals. So anyway, at SeaWorld, they rehabbed and released three endangered, they're called olive ridley turtles. And again, on the verge of extinction, they got three of them rehabbed and they released them into the Pacific. So they're really out there to help these animals and help prolong the species, to keep them alive, keep them going, keep them healthy, study them. And uh, I, I think it's amazing. Here's one, not a surprise to many of you who have dealt with this world as I had for many years. And that is, so they're finding out that pet stores, in addition to selling some horrendous, horrendous puppy mill puppies, some of these dogs could be a source of an infection, a parasite called Campylobacter. And it is a GI infection. And they found this in seven states in dogs that are sold by Petland. This is announced by the CDC in Atlanta that people that were cleaning up after these dogs were infected with Campylobacter. And they traced the Campylobacter back say that 10 times fast, the Campylobacter back to these puppies. So as if you need another reason to not 
buy pets at pet stores. That's in fact, in Los Angeles, they're banned. There's no pet stores that are selling puppies. The only way there are pet stores, there are rescue stores that are going to shelters. They are rescuing animals. They are pulling them. They're cleaning them up. They're doing training them. They're making sure they're spayed, neutered. And then they are allowed to sell them, but they're much. They're much. You're just going in. You're not going to pay nearly as much, but you're going to get the same or more love and certainly more satisfaction by doing that than going to some of these pet stores which, as I said, you can't find in L.A. County. Most of L.A. and and surrounding counties are no longer selling puppies from pet shops. Good thing. And then also, this is speaking of animals and what they can do to us, and this is not to scare you, clearly. You're going to look talking to a guy who's got many, 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 but just to know. I'm sure you've heard about little turtles with salmonella. That happens. So here's one. my, My Four of my dogs are barking in the background. There's a pneumonia that people got, they found this in the Netherlands from guinea pigs. It's called chlamydia cavii. Cavia, the cavas are those huge guinea pigs. That's the family of guinea pigs. And uh, chlamydia cavii, it causes pneumonia and it could be very serious. And also not only in people, but dogs, rabbits, and horses can also and have also gotten this infection. And um, one last thing, which is really cute. And I, you know, I've seen the people have done this on their own. I, I kind of have a kind of a kitty condo. Uh, in the house, which I, obviously I want to separate the cat's food from my many dogs. So we built sort of an enclosure that they can they can access through a little door, like a kitty door, completely separate from the dogs. Dogs can get to it. It's tiered. The very bottom tier, kind of like the basement, if you will, is where we keep a litter box. There's a vent in the floor, so it sucks out all the, the odor. The doors are glass, so they get natural sunlight. They can jump up on the, on the perch, and that's where it's a big perch, and they can eat their food. That's really cool, right? Well, these are called catios, right? Catios, not patios, catios. They're outdoor enclosures that are accessed also through side of a, like a kitty door, and they can sort of be outside in a protected, screened outdoor environment, yet it's safe. And they don't have to worry about dogs. They don't have to worry about coyotes. They don't have to worry about other cats giving them leukemia or feline AIDS. Totally safe. Yet, so if you have that indoor cat that really, really, really wants to be an outdoor cat as well, you might think of this, building one of these. Look it up. It's called Catio, C-A-T-I-O. Anyway, that's all we have time for today. If you have any questions, anything about your pet you would like answered or understand, something you went to your vet and you didn't really get the gist of it, something you were worried about, you have to run to an emergency center, send me a note. Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And um, once again, if you can, follow me on Instagram, Dr. Jeff Werber. And we will see you here next Sunday. Have a great week, everybody. So long. Thanks again to Perfecto Save This Life Microchip, more than a cone. And uh, we look forward to uh, being here next week. Have a great week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.